Hi, I'm Sean Hanif, and you're listening to Life of an Entrepreneur. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Life of an Entrepreneur podcast. This is about my life as an entrepreneur. My name is Sean Hanif, your host. Hope you, everyone, is well. Hope you guys are doing good. And uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about how do you actually run your business and uh, some of the stuff that I've learned along the way. Um, you know, quick intro. I left my job in 2014, two years, trying lots of different things, launched Genflow, um, where we help creators, the people that you follow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, we help them make money. And we do it in so many different ways. Started in 2016, just before kind of like the boom of the social media space, of influencer marketing, of the creator economy, and um, find ourselves in a, an amazing position. I raised money um, a bunch of times, 11 million in early start 2020. I'm looking to raise money again very soon, so make sure you hit subscribe and listen because you're going to get the raw, real, behind-the-scenes truth of running a business here and the fundraise and everything else. Yeah, and I absolutely love what I do. I love what I do. I'll say it again. I love what I do, and that is the biggest blessing in life. And um, the reason I made this podcast, number one, I love talking about shit that I'm going through because it actually helps me. Um, it's it's interesting to try to structure thoughts and put them out um, because it helps you realize are you doing a, are you doing it well or not, etc. I would highly advise anyone listening to this, not necessarily if you don't want to start your own podcast, but find someone in your life that you can talk to about what you're going through in a positive, enlightening way rather than like having a moan because that's I, I don't believe getting things off your chest is what I'm doing here. Instead, I'm structuring my thoughts to become better focused. And uh, that's the number one reason I do it for. And second reason I do it for is just providing value to other founders and entrepreneurs like myself. You know, coming up, building is hard. Entrepreneurship is hard. It's glamorized so much, but it's a 10, 15, 20, 100 times harder than having a, just a job. So yeah, this podcast is meant hopefully gives you a little bit of tangible advice. Hence why I decided today I've decided to talk about something which is operations, which is something that's not glamorized. No one talks about it. People talk about, you know, four-hour work weeks, um, delegating everything, outsourcing everything, creating systems and processes and things that are just going to magically work. This big word that they miss, and that is operations, is actually how the hell do you do the shit that you need to do? How do you measure it? How do you then make sure it keeps on happening day in, day out, month on month, year on year. And that's essentially the make or break of a business. And that's what I've been through myself. So I'll start with when the team was around 10 to 15 people. And it's probably where a lot of you people are who are listening to this. You can probably manage all operations yourself and you're probably already doing it and you don't even realize it. Because at that time, you're talking to everyone yourself. And when you're small, it feels like oh, I'm on top of everything. Like I don't need I don't need to do much more here because I'm already on top of everything. Because naturally, right? You speak to every team member every day. Everybody joins most meetings. Everyone knows what a business is doing every single day. And that's where we were. You know, at a time where we had, you know, I was working with like twenty creators, launching brands for them. We would all just know in our heads when the next thing is happening or how do we do this? You know, every business has their own intricate things like. 
They use spreadsheets for X. They use Dropbox for Y. Or they know when should what go out. And it's like second nature. You don't even really need to talk about it. You know that five o'clock on Tuesday we're doing X and boom, it's done. You know, and that's just normal because that's, you just know it. So even when I was at that stage and someone, if I would hear someone talk about, you know, you need to like define the way things are, I'd be like, why? That's a waste of time. I'm just going to go and execute and kill it. You know, and that's true. But there will be a time and if I could go back, I would have started doing some of this stuff sooner. But what happens when the team is 40, 50, 60 plus? Then things truly start to happen in your business that you don't know about. I mean, obviously, you know about it, but you don't know intricately where they are in the journey of it. For example, there could be a campaign being shot tomorrow, which I know about. But I may not know the models, you know, um, the, the setup have we followed everything right? Did all the models sign a waiver? You know, NDA signed. Um, have we made sure it meets the guidelines of the brand that we're doing it for? You know, do we have a complete shot list and blah, 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 blah. Like, obviously, and I'm saying it like this because I understand how you do that stuff. But that's when it starts to break. Um, and that's what I've seen. So from my experience, what happened with me was up to 30 I was fully managing everything to the detail and I and it was working really well. But past that point, it physically became impossible. And in my business, because we do a lot of different things, so it's actually, it's too many different types of things happening at the same time. And I've implemented something recently, which I wish I had implemented then, which I'm going to talk you through now, which is the idea of creating an operating model, which essentially is like the manual for your business. You know, if you buy something from Ikea, you know, you get the instructions on like how to build. You can think of it like that. Or you can think of a washing machine that comes with a manual that tells you all the function and how it works. It's like you need to build a manual for your business. As boring as that sounds, as pointless as that sounds, I'm just hearing about it. But in actual fact, is absolutely game changing because it's about sitting down and defining how things should be done in your business. And it's for two reasons. One is it makes everyone realize the expectation. It makes everyone realize how things should be done. But more importantly, as you scale, when new people join the business, they're not going to disrupt that. And that's what I went through. So when, I, when we went from 30 to 100 now, with so many new people, people bring their own way of working. And what we found is it, it clashed with our way of working massively because as I said, up till 30 people, we had developed a way of working that was really working because we were scaling, we were winning. We were winning every, every month, every year, business is growing. But imagine you had 30 more people. Immediately, that broke because they came with their own ideas and their own ways of operating from the businesses that they have learned it from, they're bringing it to Gemflow, which is good and bad, right? Because they're going to bring things from the experience which we need to learn from. But... They can't change the way we do things. I'll give an example. When we were about 30, 40, we used to run work on Asana, which is a task management software. We were trying to make sure every team and everything, every task is recorded on Asana. So it's trackable, measurable, and, and it's very easy to make sure everything is being done. You add 30 people to it. And if, if some of them believe, actually, I work better by just making my own notes in Evernote or in my notes tab, or I don't really like doing tasks like that. I, I just know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. But imagine in a remote company, 
where you have people like that all over the world working in their own ways it will have an impact and it did you know we're good enough and smart enough not to have any real issues but operational efficiency it did, does matter and that's what i found so what i started building then is i was like okay i need to slow down and i'm going to sit and define with the team how we operate and that's what's called an operating model and i'm going to break that down for you so what an operating model should be i would do it firstly um departmentally so it's about sitting down with whoever owns a department in your business so let's say someone in your department owns uh, performance marketing which is quite common you would need to sit down and figure out right how can we do performance marketing in this company the best possible and that was a combination of things and i would break it down into the following like when should the people in the department meet is it a stand up every morning what should the agenda be and it should be the same every day when do we meet to discuss optimizations and who needs to be in that meeting to discuss optimizations do we discuss optimizations every day every 3 days every 5 days who is going to look after creative and lead creative and again when do we come together to discuss it when do we op- when when are we actually going to refresh the ads every day every week every month it's about defining everything that needs to be defined so it doesn't leave for any room for complacency essentially and if you think about it anything in the world that works operationally efficiently has been defined i'll get like mcdonalds i use this to example to the team all the time they know how to make a big mac have you ever been to a mcdonalds where the big mac didn't taste the same but why is that how is that physically possible because somebody defined a way to make a big mac and then they made sure every kitchen follows that but then you know and i i also almost get a challenge at this right but how are you going to innovate how are you going to move forwards the difference there is the big mac still needs to be created innovation happens outside of that just like mcdonald's they're trying to invent the next burger which is going to increase the share price not the people in the kitchen they should not be inventing they should be operationally achieving efficiency and that's the same in a business if you have someone who's like yeah but i'm a genius i'm going to come up with ads that are going to change this business forever it's like cool do that but just make sure the shit that we've agreed on also happens and that is the one lesson that i can say to any entrepreneur is define how you work so it make sure that actually happens and then create separate time for innovation so back to the same team back to the same department then in the same operating model is about defining on a thursday 4 till 5 we're going to have a meeting about how we innovate how we crush it how we're going to make as us going to change the world everyone's going to come to the meeting with 10 ideas each so you give people the space to innovate to grow to feel empowered but also make it known that did the 20 ad campaigns uh, actually go out this week did every single day on a monday we talk about pixel issues in the pixel section of the agenda and made sure they were fixed so that is what an operating model is and what i've been working on personally is defining that across the business and that has been game changing then is the layer above then i would go ahead and create the operating model for the business itself and i would do this if you are a 
if you're like 20 people now, I would start doing this personally. If I could go back, I would so do it. Because the amount of times I've given the exact same feedback on the exact same thing, or I've asked for the same thing to happen in a similar way, or I've seen others have the same problem, is because we didn't define it to this detail. Which seemed like, oh, I don't have time to sit and do this because I'm so busy. But it will fix the problems that you feel in your business because we've all been there where something has been sent without approval. Something has gone live with, and it missed these four or five things. Because other thing in the operating model is it's defining the checklists and the processes needed in the department. Again, people who actually run it every day, they will have a good handle of that. Going back to performance marketing, is like, what is the process of creating an ad? How do we define how we create creative? What are the guidelines that we follow? What are the rules? Do we know that the first line needs to be a hook and then it's the value and then it's the sell? Do we have a format? Is the format being followed? How do we ensure the process that you're setting up actually follows that? So that's what I would say, what goes into an operating model. Then it's the level above. The level above is about creating it more agnostically about the business. And I would break that into three things in operating model. It's how the Genflow one is done. So number one is strategy. Who is in charge of creating strategy in the business? Of course, if you're the founder, CEO, you are. But who's going to assist you with that? That's massive. So what we do here at Genflow is I have, a we call it a GLM, Genflow leadership meeting every month, where the leadership of the business, which I believe is nine of us, we come together to discuss strategy across the business and make strategic decisions together every month. And then every quarter, we do an offsite, which means you go somewhere else and spend a few days together only thinking about strategy. And strategy comes in many forms, right? It could be strategy imminently right now what the business needs, or it could be something that you're working on for nine months later. So obviously that is in your operating model, like how do we strategically drive the business forwards to actually win in this market? Second part of it is, for me and our is, is operations. So then I have defined top line operating model that I believe works in this business with the help of my leadership. And then we've gone ahead and done it for each department. And the third thing I'll have in the company-wide operating model is team management. Just how do we manage people? goals, KPIs across the business. And this is massive. Again, I've done this so many times to get it wrong, to get it right. Just reviews. People see reviews as a laborious HR thing to be like, yep, done your review, all good. But it's, it's way more than that. Reviews are so imperative because it's a chance to inspire, educate, help, grow, fix in one go. If they're structured well. So the reviews that we do here at Genflow are structured now. They're about going through your job description and understanding how you're performing against each thing you're doing. What, and being most honest as you can be. Like, I've given feedback to people that when in a meeting, you're too loud or direct or you're too in the face. You need to soften your approach. It's coaching. My main thing is the reviews should be coaching for people to improve rather than assessment and am I doing a good job of not? Doing a good job can be shown factually through numbers. I'm a believer in that. So if you're doing a good job, it should be plain to see that because the KPIs that you're in charge of, the numbers that you're in charge of, and the operations that you're in charge of will show us that. 
But then it's about, are you willing to grow as a person? Do you actually recognize yourself personally, like what you're doing? Anyway, the point being, the third part of my operating model is team management. So yeah, and I've realized, obviously I've set this all up and the business is working to another level now. And what this gives is security because what you need then is to make sure the people who run the operating models for departments truly understand and actually run it. And that's some of the things that I hold them accountable for. Because I know then if something is going to go live or we're going to put out some work or launch something, it has gone through the rigorous processes. Just like in McDonald's, Mr. McDonald is not worrying about how a Big Mac is made because he knows the people he's put in charge and the processes they introduced is not going to let a Big Mac fail or the percentage of failure is so low that it's not a business material risk. And it's the exact same thing for us. You need to be able to create all the materials, guidelines, checklists, processes, and then which all fit part of your operating model. So you can then know that if we're going to do something, it's actually going to get done in the right way and it's actually going to be fine. I think, yeah. So for me, as a CEO, founder of a business, or if you're leading something in a business, you need to be able to go and put this together. And then you go and hire and everything you do should fit that model rather than having a loose model that's getting redefined by different people because of stronger personalities, because of whatever, because I've seen that happen too many times. But anyway, I hope you like this episode, a bit different, a bit tangible experience. Again, just sharing my own experience, what I'm going through. It blew my mind sitting down and doing this in the last six months. And I hope as an entrepreneur, you try to do this for your business and see the impact. Let me know if you need any further help, any further questions. Hit me up on Instagram. I'll try my best to answer you. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. I'm Sean Hanif, the host of this podcast. This is about my life as an entrepreneur. Next Monday, more advice coming, more value coming. So stay tuned and I'll see you then. Thanks.